Hey everyone, we're super stoked today to have Jonathan Lawless from Fannie Mae uh, on the podcast for part two uh, to talk about how uh, you know home ownership and buying a home is uh, more affordable than ever. So hey, Jonathan, thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you so much, Grant. Super happy to be here. So today's topic, we're going to talk about how millennials uh, are really creating creative living situations and that there's really more paths uh, to home ownership than, than ever before. So Jonathan, can you talk a little bit about why millennials don't need a 20% down payment and some creative ways that they can uh, can meet that down payment? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, one of the things as we've surveyed millennials that they often point to as a concern is just financial stability over the long term. And so as a result, they're often focusing on the desire to pay off their student debts first before they even think about buying a home. And very much so wrapped into that is this sort of belief that the only way I'm going to get a home is by having no debts and by having a ton of money in the bank. Um, And so when we survey people, it's clear down payment becomes one of the number one reasons why they're not pursuing home ownership. Well, and so Fannie Mae offers a program uh, administered through all of our lenders called Home Ready, um, which allows borrowers to buy a home. And the way I like to think about that is when you rent a place, you're bringing a couple of months deposit to the to the table, right? So you're you're effectively bringing kind of a down payment. Three percent down ends up being something like four months of rent, right? Five months of rent. So it's not, you know, it's not this huge sum of money that borrowers need to bring to the table. It's actually uh, much, much more reasonable. And even beyond that, there are lots of creative ways uh, to meet the down payment requirement, maybe without even bringing money. For example, working with down payment assistance providers. Um, We've done some interesting programs with companies like Loftium in Seattle that allow you to rent out a room on Airbnb and get that money up front to use as your down payment. You can crowdsource your down payment. So there's creative ways to get down payment. There's not a huge, the, the amount of down payment that you need is not this massive sum of money. And so you know, the number one thing to be aware of is to really just, that this myth of the 20% down payment is really just a myth. Yeah, Jonathan, that's a great point. And uh, I'm just thinking back to uh, this past summer, we did a 3% down payment and definitely was able to move into a home much sooner and kind of what you were saying earlier, but uh, being able to build that equity in the home uh, pretty early on. So, you know, when people are uh, looking for home ownership, are you finding that they're looking to start building equity or start to put down roots? I mean, what are you trying to what are you seeing in terms of the, the motivation behind purchasing the home? Yeah, the, the motivations and, and uh, when we when we surveyed millennials, the number one thing, the number one benefit was to have a living space that was their own, right? I, I want to paint the walls orange, or I, I want to have five dogs, right? Um, I don't want to have the restrictions I typically see with a rental. And then the next one is uh, putting your money towards something that you actually own and can someday sell. And so 25% of those surveyed said that that was uh, the biggest benefit they saw of being able to buy a home. And then third on the list was, you know, being able to establish long-term roots in one place. So, so definitely a lot, you know, the freedom of ownership, but also this idea that buying a home, the ability to buy a home creates a financial asset that you can leverage and potentially earn off of in the future. So one of the things that, you know, we hear all the time is people ask, you know, you know, or they say, hey, I have student loan debt, I can't invest or I can't buy a home. But one of the things I found really surprising in your survey um, is that, you know, not only is that the number, one of the top reasons why, uh, you know, more millennials aren't buying homes, um, but that it's probably a barrier that shouldn't be one. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, why 
just having student loan debt, it might still be a good investment to buy a home? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, and it's clear when we when we survey folks, like 39% of them are saying that, you know, debt paying off in this year is their, is their top priority, right? And so they're very focused on that. But it turns out that um, student debt is not a reason that's going to disqualify you from getting a, a mortgage. In fact, a lot of changes that we've made in the past couple of years, recognizing the way that student debt works, has made it much, much easier to qualify if you have student debts. Um, and so if you are paying your bills on time uh, and have a reasonably good credit score and a decent amount of earnings, and again, with just 3% down, you can qualify for a mortgage. And so I always say you should be aware of what you can qualify and don't think that student debts for some reason would disqualify you. And I think, you know, the other aspect of having student debts is just sort of this mental thing. Can I have these two debts? Is that something that I should really have? And that's where it's sort of mortgage shouldn't be seen as a debt. You own an asset that's part of that, right? And so having student debt and having this long-term asset that you're investing in is a combination that's okay and, in fact, can be really, really good. Yeah, that's a great point you brought up, Jonathan, where each of the student loans acts as a way to increase your credit by paying off each month and building that credit score. And so it's uh, sometimes maybe your best position to buy a home is when you're actually in the middle of paying off those debts month by month. Um, that's a great point you brought up there. Yeah, and I know it's something you know you didn't let hold you and your wife back at all, student loan debt, Matt. Um, and I think it was just a super wise decision because the place, Matt bought his place, what, a year? Have you lived here a year? Uh, it's coming up on a year. But yeah, same thing with uh, what Jonathan was saying was, uh, you know, we, we, we understood we had the debt, but we looked for ways to find a lower down payment and that was what enabled us to move in much sooner. Um, sure, we could have saved up for that 20% down payment, but it probably would have taken us maybe at least another year. And in the meantime, we would not have been building up equity. We would not have been, uh, to, to the first point you mentioned, Jonathan, where you know we can live in a home when, and you know we can write the rules a bit more compared to uh, you know renting out another person's place. We're actually sitting in front of a wall that's a painted whiteboard. So that's, what, <laughs> that's why Matt really wanted to buy this place so he could paint his walls so they're a whiteboard and we're getting ready to write on them soon. But hey, one, one last question for you, Jonathan. Um, what would you tell the person who just does not believe that they, they can buy a home with less than 20% down? That myth is just so popular. I have one of my friends that I was talking to, and literally I write about money as my full-time job, and he just did not believe me that he didn't need 20% down payment because he's been really told that pretty much his entire life from his parents. So is this legit, I guess, is the question, and can you talk about uh, you know, wh- why people really don't need that 20%. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, people who claim that the earth is flat, it's hard to convince them of something like that. But I, <laughs> the one thing that's great about the mortgage process, I mean, it's, you can go online and you can find these programs. And, and this isn't just some sort of side program or some trick. I mean, this is legitimately conventional lending, um, fully supported with the standard mortgage rates that you can get. And you can go onto lenders' websites and just go in and do a pre-approval and see what you can qualify for. So, you know, I generally don't put myself in the position to give financial advice or investment advice, but I think the best thing to know is what your options are. And so I, I always say it's, it costs you nothing except maybe half an hour of your life to go and see what you can qualify for and how much it really takes. And so it's that easy to do. And knowing that you have that option, I think, is a really powerful thing. 
So, hey, Jonathan, uh, you know, we, we've talked about how, you know, home ownership, you know, it can be a good investment. Um, you know, I have a few friends that rent out their extra rooms uh, for money to offset their cost of mortgage. I have one friend, she's now making $1,000 a month on a rental property over her mortgage costs. Can you talk a little bit about some of the financial benefits and how you can actually make money as a homeowner? Yeah, the, the value of home ownership is really, I mean, it goes beyond sort of being able to establish roots and have your own home. And it even goes beyond the fact that you can accrue savings or accrue value in your property over time. Your home is an asset that can generate revenue. And this is something that is a trend that's growing and growing in this country as we see less and less nuclear family type households and a lot more single parents or single people that are looking to buy a home. And so um, that creates this market where if you're buying a home and you have an extra room, you have something that can generate money for you. And in fact, you, know, you can log on to the Airbnb website, type in your zip code, and it'll give you a sense of how much a home in that zip code would be able to generate from short-term rental. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, we get this question all the time, how easy is it to actually invest in real estate? You know, how much time does it take to, you know, get a mortgage, to find a property? Um, you know, how kind of easy or complicated is it for someone just doing it the first time? So the first time around, I mean, I would always say that the, the, the longest part is just getting yourself ready, getting yourself educated and understanding the different options. But I think what a lot of people will find is that the process is definitely an involved one, finding a home, applying for a mortgage. But it actually is, is much easier than, than one would think. It's, it's like a lot of things that seem like a really daunting task. But once you kind of get into it, you realize that, wow, this, this is really made easy and facilitated uh, a lot better than you expect. And technology is transforming the way that people get a mortgage. Um, people can go online and get mortgages now. They can do a lot of the research online. There's a lot of places to get great advice about getting a mortgage. So for those who think that this is a really involved, long task, it's going to take me a year to do, that's, that's not really uh, the case. It, it, can be, it can be a pleasurable task. Obviously, looking for a home, finding a new place is a really exciting, uh, exciting thing to do. But, but again, it is, it is not as challenging as it may seem. Hey, this is Jonathan Lawless from Fannie Mae. Hey, Jonathan, thanks for taking the time yeah, to, to chat about busting this myth that you need a 20% down payment. Really appreciate what you're doing and, and, and just getting the word out. So thanks for being on. Thank you guys very much. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Millennial Money Minutes. If you liked this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe. If you want us to cover a specific topic, use hashtag MillennialMoney on Twitter or visit MillennialMoneyMinutes.com.